That is the you question. Know. But at the end of the day, I mean, let's say, let's say my friend, she got, she got a broken heart from her and, you know, her and somebody broke up and she got broken heart or whatever. And so I do a spell to try and help her through that time. And, you know, she's doing better and all that stuff. Well, I should, what if I shouldn't have done that spell? Yes, I helped her at the end of the day, but what if she needed to go through that hard life lesson to figure that out? What if she really needed to to do that, to figure that out? You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. just happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? I'm talking to Michelle Little. She has a podcast and is interested in Wicca and what I just think is very interesting forms of spirituality. And she'll tell you about it herself. So my name is Michelle Little, and I have a podcast called The Spiritual Witch. And I talk about all sorts of different topics when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to witchcraft and just how to celebrate your craft and different things that you can do on the different Sabbaths, which a Sabbath is a holiday, different things you can do on the like witchcraft holidays and, and things like that. And just all sorts of different things that you can do for yourself and things that you can do for others and stuff like that. It's a really fascinating podcast. If you want to check it out, you can check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those big name brand ones. And it's just the spiritual witch. Spirituality can mean so many different things to different people. When you say spirituality, what does that mean for you? So a lot of people confuse spirituality and religion. 
And religion is more of like an organized, kind of like an organization, an, organiza- an organized kind of thought process. And spirituality is more free thinking and more like mind, body, and spirit connection. That's kind of how I see it. Whereas religion is more like, I look at it like you don't necessarily have to ask forgiveness from your gods. You ask them to help you in your workings. So you feel that there are gods with you or what? What is, what do you exactly experience? So for me, and everyone is different, and I say this a hundred times on the podcast, everyone experiences everything different. I have my path, you have your path, and everybody has their own path. So my path, I have several different gods that I work with. So Hecate is an example of one of the gods that I work with during a time when I feel like I need protection, and she protects witches specifically. Specifically witches. She's kind of like the mom over witches, like, you know, don't fuck with my kids, you know? And so, yeah, she's the mom of, of witches and stuff like that. And it's, it's really, it's, it's nice and it's comforting. And it's, it's nice to be able to reach out to somebody like that and be like, look, I just need some protection during this time. Can you help me out, you know? And so that's kind of how it goes. It's, it's not like, hey, protect me all the time during all these things and this and that. There are different gods for different things that you need. There's for fertility, there's some for helping the plants grow and the earth. I mainly work with the elements, but occasionally I do bring in some gods and goddesses. And so how did you find these gods and goddesses? Um, I just started researching Wicca and witchcraft. Honestly, it was kind of an interesting way how I kind of stumbled into Wicca was kind of fascinating. So I was in the store, Spencer's. Have you ever been there? I haven't. I don't think (laughs) we have it in New York or LA. So tell me what it is. So it's kind of more of like a, kind of more like a sex shop or an adult kind of store. And so I went into that store and they kind of have the small little corner with like witchcraft kind of stuff there. They've got little cauldron and they've got like little books and stuff that you can get. One of them was titled Wikipedia. And I don't know why I was just drawn to it. And at that time I was Christian and I just picked up this book and I started reading it and I started freaking out a little bit because like it was just so me. It was just so me. I resonated with it so much. Like I collected little bottles all the time. I would always go out and try and make tinctures and things like that and mix things together to try and heal myself and, you know, just stuff like that. That's kind of, I don't know, frowned upon in in the Christian religion, or at least in my household it was frowned upon. And so it just really resonated with me. And from there, I kind of found my own path. And so just for labeling purposes, I suppose, or for clarity, I am an eclectic solitary Wiccan. So eclectic means that I pick from several different paths. I don't identify with just one or two. I I pick from several of them. And a solitary means I practice alone. I don't have a coven, unfortunately. (laughs) I am looking, however, which I think would be kind of fun to find a coven and to kind of talk with people who do my, you know, my stuff with me and to be able to find people that, oh, you know, that spell did not work last night and, you know, I just really screwed it up or, you know, that spell went really well and I'm I'm feeling really lucky. (laughs) That was when you became Wiccan and... Mm -hmm. You were raised Christian or had you, and I'm curious because you said it's looked down upon in Christianity. How do your family and friends from that community feel about 
you doing this now? So it's really interesting that that's brought up so early. We're actually getting married in the fall, and they have no idea that I'm Wiccan at all. We actually have a joke um, in the witchcraft community. We say that we're in the broom closet. I love that. We sort of have that, too, about all the afterlife I'm studying, especially people who come from, like, well, not especially, but for me, coming from, like, an intellectual atheist family, it's also looked down upon. So it's kind of like I, quote, unquote, was in the closet, too. But the broom closet, I love that. That's funny. Yeah, and that's really how it is. And so my family doesn't really know. And I mean, they're not super, super, super Christian. My grandma is, but they're not really Christian. They're not really into it. They don't go every Sunday, you know, so it's not really something we talk about often. It's not something that's brought up at the dinner table often. So it's not like it's something that's going to be brought up, I don't think, (laughs) in the future. So your family and then your fiance's family both don't know. Oh, my fiance's family, no. And they're very spiritual and very open. When I told them that I was Wiccan, they're like, all right, cool. And, and I was like, okay. Oh, good. Okay. So you said you were getting married and the people who don't know are your family who will be coming to the wedding still don't know. Right. But There's like a couple people here and there who I'm like, oh, you're a very open person. By the way, I'm Wiccan. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. You're one of those people who's into the nature and into that path. And, you know, it's really nice and refreshing, you know, to find somebody who understands, okay, so Wiccan is not Satanism. <laughs> like what the main misconceptions of it are and what does it actually mean? Okay, yeah. So we actually have an entire podcast episode about the misconceptions. A lot of people sit there and say, oh, you know, you're worshiping Satan. In Wicca, we actually don't believe that there is Satan. Satan is a a being that was created to scare people to become Christian. So if you look at some of the things, the works by Scott Cunningham, and those are some famous authors that that they've written and there's a youtuber i can't remember his name now but he had made an excellent video discussing like the crusades and how that had come about and they were really like trying to get rid of paganism and start a reform kind of and trying to get like christianity in there and trying to get that more popular and trying to spread that more and so they one of the tactics they use is fear which fear is a a very good tactic to use because it it spreads easily and it works very well and so by saying hey if you don't do these rules or if you don't listen to me you're going to go to a place that you don't like that that really works very well so hell doesn't really exist for us and satan is is a fictional being so we don't really believe in that and we also don't have a bible uh, a lot of people think we have a Bible. We we don't. <laughs> we have a grimoire. We have a book of shadows that we make ourselves, but we don't really have a Bible. There may be, there may be Wiccans out there that do worship Satan. There may be Wiccans out there that are Christian. There may be Wiccans out there that do have a Bible. I'm speaking for me and only me. <laughs> so you make it yourselves. It's called a grimoire. And what is that? It's a book of like your values or like can you describe exactly what it is and what you what would go into it so specifically a book of shadows is what most people have i'm i call it a grimoire because i think it sounds fancier to be honest with you but i'll explain the differences and whatnot but a book of shadows is like your own personal diary 
and your own personal diary of like your journey and like say I did a tarot reading for like one every, every single day for a month and I would document that in my book of shadows and say well you know this one worked this one didn't work well you know the moon was in this say, setting and the moon is waxing and waning and the sun was here and so you figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you very quickly by writing it all down. I look at the grimoire as kind of like the final version of that. Kind of like saying like, oh, well, these things worked for me, so I'm going to put this in my final book. So (laughs) what would be an example of something that works for you? So an example, lavender works very well with me. And what does that do? She calms me down. So I have a lot of anxiety. So I will spray lavender on my pillow and stuff like that. And this is like just basic stuff that you can do. But like it is kind of classified as witchcraft because it is, you know, otherworldly, I guess. But I spray it on my pillow or I spray it on my wrist. Sometimes I'll put just a light spritz inside my mask, the masks that we have to wear around now. Just to kind of like give me like that extra calm, that extra boost that I need throughout the day. And now how did you find that out? Are these things you find out yourself or is there a source of like Wiccan beliefs that you then pick through that you discover work for you? So you can, you can pick through them on Facebook. You can go through Facebook and you can kind of pick through, you know, what you like and and what you don't like. And you can decide, okay, well, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try that. Like I tried um, Jasmine. I don't really like Jasmine that much. Like it just, it doesn't work with me. I really don't like how it feels. It's just, it's just not working for me. And some people find a lot of success with Jasmine. I just, I really don't. And that's just a personal preference for me. You just have to go through it and you find out what works for you. You can find those things on Facebook. You can find those things through books. I personally prefer books because it's a lot more structured and laid out, whereas the internet has a lot more opinions and, you know, those things. I'm sure you can go on any Facebook page and they'll tell you you're wrong about everything and you'll have to rethink your whole life choices. It's the same thing with the witchcraft groups and things like that. They will sit there and say, no, it needs to be this particular way. I have a, I have a parrot, Kiwi, who she cannot be around candles. Well, one of the big things with witchcraft is candles. So I have to adjust my craft because one of the big things in my craft and for me is animals. And if you can't respect an animal, in my opinion, you don't deserve to live. <laughs> so... I respect Kiwi and I give her the utmost respect. And if she can't be around a candle, then it's not going to be in my craft. Oh my God. I love animals too. I love you for saying that. Yeah. Animals are my favorite things ever. So she is the best thing in the world. And oh my goodness, when the heater had gone out one time. And so I immediately went to my witchcraft and my crystals and I was like, nothing is going to harm this bird. And I stayed up with her all night and I had protection all around her cage. And it was, it was a moment. (laughs) My God, that's so loving. Yeah. And I, I love her to death. I get it. I feel the same about my dog and cat. They're just pickles and boots and giving them a little shout out because I love them so much. Oh my God. So is there like a core set of values of Wiccan just the same way, say Christians believe in Jesus Christ, you know, for example, is there a story that all that makes you a Wiccan? Yes, there is. And of course, like, I I don't know it very well, but it's... (laughs) Because that, that's that's how wonderful. Like, I I am I'm trying to learn all the things. It's it can be kind of difficult sometimes. We have things that are like called the Wiccan Read, which is like 
the moral system of the religion. And it's basically saying like, like the last line is ye harm none, do what ye will. And that's, that's the line that everybody knows. So basically like I can do all the witchcraft that I want as long as I'm not harming anybody. So for example, my fiance I'm living in the house, he says, don't do any spells on me. So that's a line. That's, that's a boundary that he set. So as long as I don't do any spells on him, I can do all the damn witchcraft that I want to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is that an agreement you make with him? Or if any, is that part of the ethics? Like if anyone, even someone like an annoying neighbor or a boss said to you, don't do any spells on me, then therefore you couldn't do it to anyone. I mean, I, I, I have not cast any spells on anybody. I wouldn't do that because there's also karma that will come back at you. It's the rule of three. So if I do something, I do have a little bitchy neighbor, to be honest with you. I don't like her very much, but you know, she's probably going through something and I'm not going to cast a spell on her. But let's say I did. Let's say I did cast a spell on her. So the Wiccan read states that what will happen is karma will come back on me threefold. So if I cast a spell like so that her car breaks down, well, then my car might break down like three, three times worse than hers will. I'm not going to do that. First of all, I'm not that kind of person. And second of all, you know, I don't, I don't want to hurt her. She may be going through something. She may have life lessons that she needs to go through. And like I said, everybody has their path they need to go through. Maybe her path is not to do witchcraft in this life. Maybe it's for her to do her own things this life. And I don't want to interrupt that path because I feel like I'm interrupting her, what her and her spirit guides have set out to do for this life. And I don't want to do that. Well, are there good spells too? Could you cast a spell, say, well, your fiance doesn't want any, but like on a good friend or someone and be like, I want them to fall in love. I want them to, you know, whatever they want, get pregnant, get a promotion. Get oh healed. yeah, there's tons of good spells. I've, I've casted spells to get money. I've casted, when the, when the fires were happening in Australia, I casted spells almost every damn day for the animals in Australia because a lot of those animals, I mean, they're on an island. So I cast the spells for those animals to get better. Last night I did uh, a spell and all I did was put my intent out to the universe to help the Black Lives Matter movement. And I, what I did was I lit a black and white candle for nine minutes and I did nine minutes of just intent out to this Black Lives Matter movement. That, well, that's really beautiful, both helping the animals and one of the most important movements I think we've ever had. I mean, yeah, really. Inspired by David Justice, who died after a nearly two-year battle with glioblastoma, Jet, Joyful Experience Team, was founded by his son Oliver Justice and his best friends, River Attard. Leo Gerstein, Jack Gorenstein, and Felix Ward. Jet seeks to create joyful experiences for families struggling with brain cancer, a chance to enhance their lives with experiences that are rich in love and will be treasured for all time. We believe, like David did, that life should not be measured in time, but in joyful moments. Jet will allow families coping with this painful diagnosis to go to special events and be treated like VIPs. Go to makingheadway.org forward slash jet for a complete list of programs and activities.
Yes, and I just think that these these things, these are so important for us to get involved in. And when witches are doing something out in the world, I try and get involved. So you notice last night, June 5th, it was a full moon. And so whenever there's a full moon, us witches will be like, all right, what needs to be solved in the world? Let's get together. I do know, <laughs> I do kind of find this funny, which I shouldn't, but I do. I do know of a coven that does routinely get together and like hex Donald Trump but um that's you just answered my next question <laughs> I was like so let's say we had like for example an evil president called Donald Trump <laughs> you know? can you put is it wrong to put an evil spell on him I would certainly love to be able to hex him if I felt I had the power I mean they do they do I they personally do. would not I have spells and stuff like that um like boundary spells and stuff like that that I put that are questionable like are they hexes are they not there's a situation that was happening like last year that was a little bit um questionable my dad was not in a safe place and he was having some schizophrenia episodes and reality was not reality for him he was having a psychotic break and so I put a, a spell basically to protect our home and to protect me and my fiance, saying that there will be no harm to us by, these, by him or anybody in his family <laughs> or anything that is to come to this. And nothing ended up happening from it. So a hex would be like a negative spell and a spell. Is there a difference between a hex and a spell? And I'm sorry, yes. by the way, I'm, I want to acknowledge I'm really sorry you went through that with your dad, and I hope he's in a better place. Oh, he's in a much better place now. I mean, Good. there's a lot of spell work that went into that. <laughs> Good. A spell um, of understanding, a spell of acknowledgement. A spell. So <laughs> there's been a lot of spell work that's been going on. I've been busy. <laughs> um, it sounds like it. There is a difference between a hex and a spell. A hex is more like, I am going to curse you, and I am going to put this upon you. And, you know, a spell is, is more like, I'm going to put these ingredients together, and I'm, I'm going to use them for good or for a positive reason. At the end of the day, it's all about intent. If you were to take an awl and just slash somebody's tires, I mean, your intent is to slash their tires. <laughs> If you were to so, fix their tires, your intent is to fix their tires. So I guess that's where it almost gets philosophical because you say what you do comes back at you. But like, I feel like if someone put a hex on Donald Trump, maybe just not about suffering, but about like, you know, not that I'd ever wish death on anyone, but like, let's say something happens where he has a breakdown and he gets booted out of office or some way like where he's immediately kicked out of office. Like, that's not a very nice thing if you are him. So some might say that's a hex, but that's really helping the world significantly. So while it could be considered a hex, I mean, would people get good karma back for doing something that could be seen as detrimental? Like it's not something you'd want to do to like an, your average person, but do to him. That is the question. Know. But at the end of the day, I mean, let's say, let's say my friend, she got, she got a broken heart from her and, you know, her and somebody broke up and she got broken heart or whatever. And so I do a spell to try and help her through that time. And, you know, she's doing better and all that stuff. Well, I should, what if I shouldn't have done that spell? Yes, I helped her at the end of the day, but what if she needed to go through that hard life lesson to figure that out? What if she really needed to, to do that, to figure that out? That can make sense because there is a philosophy about the fact that we have Donald Trump is that it's, which, oh my God, certainly so much of what we're seeing lately 
is it's just exposing so much of the problems. I mean, from the early days, which feels like 20 years ago, I mean, that was just a couple of years, you know, the start, whole start of the Me Too movement. I don't think people would have been so motivated. I mean, Black Lives Matter, of course, I mean, it came from the disgusting violent murder of George Floyd, as well as, you know, Breonna Taylor, you know, mm-hmm. so many lovely people. But I don't know if without Donald Trump, so many people, especially white people, would finally have heard something. I don't think so, because he's just exposed so much. I mean, it's almost laughable, the things he's exposed about himself, too. Oh, my goodness. So I feel like, in a way, this is helping us figure out, like Corona, COVID coming over to the U.S. has exposed so many holes in our healthcare system. I mean, oh, my goodness. And that's funny. It's what one of my very spiritual friends said. He thinks Donald Trump, not by anything Donald Trump has intentionally done, but he's one of the best things that's ever happened because there's a motivation that everyone is seeing something that we are going to be dedicated to fixing in a way we never have. And I was like, you know, I mean, that is a way to look at it. And so if spells, you know, given that they all work, were to have prevented him from winning or something gotten him out in the first day, well, that would have felt much better to, you know, the majority, significant majority of us. We don't have to go into right. electoral college, but um, <laughs> that gets me so mad. And, you know, most of us logically think this is a horrible thing, but that it's actually a good thing, you know, sort of similar, I guess, that he used a comparison, like, let's say you find a disease in yourself and it feels horrible, but if you know, whatever disease, but it stops you. And then you realize all these ways that you haven't been living your life right. And then you end up recovering from the disease instead of passing away. And then you're, you know, you live a much healthier life and you might've died the next year anyway. Right. Right. And like a really good example of that. Like I had vertigo in March, right before all this COVID crap had hit. I had vertigo really. I was in the emergency room twice. And while going through that was horrendous and I hated it and going to the emergency room was bad, like this presidency going through that was horrible. They actually did find a tumor on my thyroid that may have been cancerous, but we caught it so early that it's not going to affect me because I'm going to be able to take it out sooner now. This is all a whole philosophical discussion and no one really knows unless you had actually gotten to live both ways. You know, if Hillary had won and then Bernie had won and Trump had won, we could have, you know, in three different you know, parallel universes that we could have all right. watched. That's the only right. way we would really know. So it can only be philosophical rather than scientific. But yeah, I mean, there, I think there's so much to that viewpoint. Not that I'm glad he won, but in one sense, when I stop to look at it that way, there really is something to it. Right. I agree. And you know, at the end of the day, the universe is going to do what it needs to do to balance itself out. And so if there needs to be a fire in Australia to balance itself out, that's what's going to happen. And spells do help with you know, stopping that, slowing that energy down and getting things to a more balanced state. Like, I feel like COVID came as like almost like the Earth's immune system to the human disease, if that makes sense, because we are just trashing this planet. I have heard that before, and it does make sense. And I mean, it's such a tragedy. But at the same time, I mean, I've heard that point, too. And I can see parts of it, like how that could apply. Definitely. I mean, I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast heard here's birds in the middle of it. But if you do, I've never heard birds outside my window here in LA. And now I wake up to singing birds and they go all day. 
Yeah, and that must be so wonderful to what I mean, I live in Colorado, so like the the mountain the mountain lions and the bears and they're all coming out to play and I'm like, you guys can stay back where you are, you know, you don't need to come down here. <laughs> so I have to ask, I have a, so okay, a couple questions. So first of all, about spells. A few parts of questions. Have you and this is because my mind is more scientific than believing. So if any of these questions, if you you know, I don't know how much you can answer them or not. But first of all, have you ever seen a very evidential example of a spell working? I, I think I have. So I, I feel like I have. I did a spell where I took a, a dollar bill and I put a picture of me, like I took a safety pin and I put, you know, I pinned a picture of me on this dollar bill. And then I showed it to the flame, both sides to the flame. And then I went on a job interview and I got the job. Well, eventually I had to leave that job. The next time that I was looking for jobs, I tried doing that spell at job interviews. And then I tried going to job interviews without doing the spell. The ones where I didn't do the spell, I didn't get calls back. I wouldn't get calls back. You know, people wouldn't be as interested, things like that. But where I did, when I did do the spell, people would call me back. So the jobs that I would bring this, so you just put it in your purse, and the jobs that I would bring that spell with, they would be more interested in me. They would, you know, engage in more conversation. They would call me back. Uh, sometimes I would get the job. Sometimes I wouldn't. It just, it would depend. But they would tend to be a lot more interested. But the jobs I didn't do the spells with, they, you know, they weren't interested. They were blah. Some of them were even like scam almost. <laughs> which that's, that's fun to go to. But yeah, so I just, I found a lot of success in some of those spells and I feel like they do work, but a lot of it is like, you have to believe it works. If you sit around and you say, oh, maybe it'll work. I don't know. No, you have to believe it. If you don't believe it, it ain't gonna work. So that could also be that you went more confidently into those interviews, which is why they liked you more. Yeah, that's what my fiance says. He's very analytical as well. And so he's always like, oh, you know, your spells are, you know, they, they work this or they don't. And I just look at it like people have their own, they, they have their own path, so. So then I also have to ask like science how do you think it could even work like you did the spell? Would it put an energy, like, I don't know, just if you could explain it scientifically and if you can't, then don't worry about it. But just if you, I'm curious how you think that would even work exactly. How the spell itself would work? Yeah. I have no idea. I feel like I couldn't even fathom how those things would work. I feel like it would be like they would enjoy my resume a lot more or it would resonate a lot more with them. Because, you know, in, in life, there's things that you like. Like everyone, you, you tend to like colors, some colors more than others. Like I don't like the color yellow. I like the color blue. I like the color purple. It just, it resonates with me more. And that's just how it is. And some things, I feel like that with that, it would resonate with them more rather than it not. And there have been some scientific studies and some evidence where they've kind of discovered magic where they put somebody in a room and they had a vacuum chamber and they told that person, they said, put light in the other room and they actually measured one photon in the other room in the vacuum chamber which I thought was amazing. 
I am going to find that study. I have to read that. I, I wish I knew who had done it, but I have heard of it before. And I was like, oh my goodness, this was amazing. And if you look at the, um, the other podcasts that Jamie and I had talked to you about, they actually have one about water. And they took a grain of rice and they put it in water and they yelled at it. And then they took a grain of rice and they put it in another water and they told it nice things. The one that was yelled at turned black. I would want to see that for myself. I've heard right. studies like that. That I have a hard time believing until I see it with my own eyes or until it's repeatable by quite a few scientists. But that, if true, and I've heard of similar to that, not exactly that one, but how water crystal patterns showed up. But I heard that that was not really repeatable, but I have not specifically heard the rice grain one. And, and I assume sure. you would, they yeah. would probably, if it works, they'd have to use more than the words but like the actual sending the emotions to it. Right. Yeah. You have to, you know, usually when you, when you do the words and the emotions and you're feeling that, yeah, I, I don't know how you could get mad at a grain of rice, but I imagine it's possible. Maybe <laughs> just releasing. But then you would wonder like why say in times now of COVID or like if you're cooking rice, like the day Obama won versus the day Donald Trump won, like why did my rice not all turn black the day Donald Trump won? <laughs> I wonder. Pretty filled with rage. <laughs> or, like, or maybe when it was done, the person did sleight of hand because there's also black rice. I don't know. I want to see that done whenever I hear these things. I'm like, my mind maybe. goes every way, like analytically, but I'm also super curious. And I've seen things that have changed a lot of my worldview and I would love to see that done. There's just, there is so much out there that we don't know. And science, really, they ex it, it explains a lot. It does. But realistically, it explains a lot of what we consider as magic. Like, for example, sage. They found out that sage actually gets rid of, like, germs and stuff like that. The smoke from sage does actually, like, disinfect to some degree. And the Native Americans are sitting there like, we fucking told you. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I didn't know it actually disinfected. I mean, I've always used it. I'm, you know, being, well, since I started studying this, I'm like, I'm open to, you know, I mean, like I said, I've learned so many things that were surprising. So I'm open to maybe it could do stuff with energies, but that makes so much sense. It came from actually disinfecting germs and why would an herb? I mean, really, like if you actually use disinfectant, it's just chemicals that have been put together in a certain way by humans. And why could that same thing not exist in nature? I mean, it's true. Every single thing that we have on this planet, it's either been grown or it's been mined in some way. So everything came from this planet in some way. That's true. Whether it was put together in new ways by humans and like readapted in labs or, you know, it's still, it has to come from things that actually exist in this planet. Now, I will say on that note, I mean, a lot of people in the essential oil community get very worked up about like, oh, you know, you need to take essential oils and don't go to the doctor and just take your essential oil. No, 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 no. I think you should go to the doctor when you need to go to the doctor. If you're sick and you, you know, you got all this stuff going on, if you have COVID symptoms, go to the doctor. <laughs> you know? I'm so glad you said that. Thank you. Yes, because however much I've learned so much, it seems to be true in this world. And there seems to be some stuff about energy healing that works, but supplement, 
traditional medicine and the doctor. Right. I feel like your your spiritual well-being is important and your physical well-being is important and so is your emotional well-being. But I feel like you need to find a doctor that can work in all three. And yes, that sometimes that includes MRIs and CT scans and penicillin, but sometimes that includes doing some Reiki work and, you know, seeing your therapist. So it's just all three. As I'm sure you've heard, the Supreme Court in the United States just overturned Roe v. Wade, which protects a woman's right to have an abortion if she chooses. Now it's illegal in some of our states. If anyone is looking to obtain an abortion and you live in a state where it's illegal, you can check the following sites. I suggest using a VPN, virtual private network, which hides your identity on your computer or phone. These are the sites, womenonwaves.org, womenonweb.org, aidaccess.org, plancpills.org, wholewomanshealth.com, abortionfunds.org, and of course, Planned Parenthood. I linked all of them on our Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore and they're saved in our stories these are also great places to donate and see if they need any help and now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week danny asks so you say you still aren't 100 percent sure there is an afterlife is there anything that would make you 100 percent convinced Ah, that's a good question. Um, I have thought about this before, and I I don't think there's anything that would 100% convince me. If my dad appeared before me and told me that he survived, I was right, and told me things I did not know that I then went and verified with my mom, that probably would be the closest to what would convince me. But how could I know that I didn't, in a desperation, hallucinate that somehow had unconsciously remembered my mom had told me this stuff or he had told me this stuff years ago or I overheard them talking and didn't remember it. So my mind fabricated this because I want there to be an afterlife. Um. Also, how would I know that I'm not reading my mom's mind, which if I was, that's still pretty amazing and kind of goes against the laws of science as we understand them to be. So it would definitely add to the evidence, but that's probably the closest thing to 100% I could think of that still would not 100% convince me. The other would be if I had a near-death experience. I keep hearing that people come back from them and say they have no doubt afterwards. 99% of people say they have no doubt afterwards. This was real. It was realer than real. And there is an afterlife. So I can only assume I'm probably not the exception. I'm probably would be in the majority that would then end up a hundred percent convinced. But if I could guess if my mind still works the way it does, even with that, I could say, well, how do I not know this was just a grand hallucination. And then I guess I kind of try to live 
my life not 100% convinced about anything. Like right now, the thing that I can most factually say is I am alive and conscious and here now. But again, this gets into philosophy and I like to keep my mind really flexible that I just, how can we 100% know anything? So how do I know, you know, we're not all in a video game simulation that I know some Silicon Valley scientists think, or how do I know that the whole world wasn't just created yesterday and all these memories were implanted in my brain? Or how do I know that I'm not in some matrix hallucination and none of the people around me are real and this is all some hallucination? I mean, I think I want to stay the person who is never 100% convinced about anything. But I think as of now, I have drawn a logical conclusion that is most likely that there is an afterlife. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad. How as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance. But that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me. And some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to wtfjusthappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. This is the end of part one of my conversation with Michelle Little of The Spiritual Witch. Join us next episode.
where we talk further about what it means to be Wiccan, a special moment Michelle had with a bird, do crystal pendulums really answer our questions, something that many spiritual people believe, or is there a logical explanation for why they seem to, and other witchy things, why they seem to, and other witchy things. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened, A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife, and you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened. Thank you.